0: I'm Christine Rain. Welcome to the Heroine's Journey podcast, where we understand our personal stories of change with insight, compassion, and inspiration. What a moment! I'm so excited that this is actually happening. <laughs> This topic feels so important, rings so true in my heart and bones, and I really, really hope that it will ring true and resonate with you. I'm going to start us off on a question. If change is an inevitable part of life, why do we so often resist it? In June 2022, I took a memoir as medicine class taught by Lisa Rankin and learned about the heroine's journey for the first time. At that moment, I was going through one of the most tumultuous periods of my life. Everything felt unstable and everything I had known as safety was falling apart like a rug that unexpectedly and without warning got pulled out from under my feet. As a recent cancer survivor, instability was not a place I wanted to inhabit again. It felt dangerous, almost life-threatening, and yet I was given no choice but to relentlessly move through it. It got me thinking about change and disruptive periods in our life. And believe me, I've had many, as I'm sure you have as well. How painful those moments can feel sometimes, although clearly they're an inevitable part of life. It also got me thinking about how our response to change, to these sometimes forced transitions, can have an enormous impact on our quality of life. Do we respond to change with denial, aversion, or write it gracefully like a wave with a deep knowing that despite the pain, it comes with learning, growth, and perhaps even inspiration and a new sense of possibility? The heroine's journey provided me with a map, a kind of compass for finding meaning I've always been a weaver of meaning, trying to understand why things are the way they are instead of how I'd like them to be. And the cycles and phases of the heroine's journey provided me with a guideline that was really amazing for overcoming difficulty in my life. I can honestly say it was a lifesaver. I don't know what I would have done without it last year. In that way, I see this podcast as a space to offer new frameworks and reimagine old ones, a contribution that I hope will help us all see and live more meaningful lives and help us navigate those moments of change with grace, feeling lighter, and incarnating more ease in the deep knowing that whatever is happening is probably happening to us for a reason. A great place to start this exploration is with archetypes. Archetypes are stories or characters that appear again and again in myths across many diverse cultures. Certain themes, plots, and character types have appeared in myths and legends across cultures and generations. And many people believe that these patterns that appear consistently can show us deeper truths about human nature. Some of these archetypes are also designed to show people how they should live their lives. Pierre Brunel, the editor to a companion to literary myths, heroes, and archetypes suggests that they can be a moral authority of sorts. I think archetypes and myths are really important because they explain the nature of the world and life and humans. They allude to human psychology and they help us understand things. That's probably why there's so much compatibility in these universal stories that we can observe in very different cultures around the world. They're a reflection of how we are in the world. They're the stories we tell ourselves collectively to make sense of things. And they also turn personal stories into universal ones. And I find that to be really humbling and comforting. In that way, it's allowed me to tap into my vulnerability. Like I said before, mythic patterns also provide us with guidelines and maps towards the individual, but also the collective, the social. And it's important to realize as we begin to understand our own personal myths, that myth-making is an ongoing process and they help us organize life, at least for some of us. I know that for me, coming in touch with the archetypical heroine's journey really helped me understand the stage of development that I was in my own evolution and help me weave meaning into past and present events so that I could look into the future with a little more hope and more ease. You may have heard about the hero's journey. It's a common narrative archetype or story template that involves a hero who comes on an adventure, is victorious in a decisive crisis, ends up winning a victory, And with that newfound knowledge, returns home transformed to share the rewards of his journey. The hero myth was popularized by Joseph Campbell, who was influenced by Carl Jung's analytical psychology. In his famous book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which he wrote in 1949, Campbell used the monomyth to analyze and compare different religions, where he noted a similar thread that he called the hero's journey, and that involved this character that feels a calling to leave his ordinary world and embark upon this epic adventure, where he has to overcome all these different obstacles, demons, dragons of all sorts, and finds allies and mentors along the way, also enemies, that teach him different things and that allow him to overcome these external obstacles and become a different person in the process. I remember encountering some of Joseph Campbell's books as a teenager and feeling Completely enamored by what I perceived as his soft demeanor in exploring these very deep truths. As a child and young adult with a pretty complex internal world and with existential questions floating around since a very young age, I found so much comfort and shared reality in his words, almost as if he was talking to me. I remember reading some of his books in different moments of my life and literally feeling like he had found me and he was speaking directly to me. It felt quite magical. And although Joseph Campbell's work has been critiqued by scholars, it's clear that he made an important contribution in shedding light on the relevance of myths in modernity. Maureen Murdoch, A student of Joseph Campbell says that the heroine's journey is the healing of the wounding of the feminine that exists deep within her and our culture. She explains that the feminine journey is about going down deep into soul, healing and reclaiming, while the masculine journey is up and out directed to spirit and the external world, including external validation. As a student of Campbell's, Murdoch came to believe that the hero's journey model did not adequately address the psycho-spiritual journey of women. And in fact, she asked Campbell about it. And he responded that women don't need to make the journey because in a lot of ways, When men embark upon this journey, it's to come closer to the feminine nature and the qualities that women already embody and have. She found this response to be very unsatisfactory and disagreed, and a few years later released the book, The Heroine's Journey, Woman's Quest for Wholeness. I feel a great amount of respect for all of this work. As a woman with a curious mind and heart that is always trying to understand the world around her, finding these archetypical maps have been incredibly enlightening, illuminating, and have given me a great sense of relief in different moments of my life. In the past couple years, however, I've been on a more introspective journey. And that's why, although I feel like I've been on quite a few heroes' journeys in my life, I related so deeply to the heroine's journey. Rooted in stories and myths from modern and ancient times and based on the work of Maureen Murdoch, Victoria Lynch, Schmidt, and others, The heroine's journey that we will be exploring together in this podcast offers an alternate path through times of personal and societal rupture. And I want to be clear that I in no way feel like an expert on this topic. I feel like I'm going through the heroine's journey myself But it's such a rich and deep exploration that I thought it would be incredible to invite other explorers and wanderers of inner worlds that are out there listening to come on this journey and adventure with me. And as we do so, I'd like to make a few clarifying points. First, please don't assume that a hero's journey applies to men and a heroine's journey applies to women. Either map can be used by any person. In fact, my intuition suggests that an understanding of both of these maps, the hero and the heroines, offers an even more powerful tool for navigating life's many changes. That's why having women and men as guests felt really important to me. But in order to explore that possibility, we need to make more visible the heroine's journey which is still so much less understood. Coming from a male-dominated society, everything that's been typically related as feminine qualities has been considered inferior, and that's why we have a difficult relationship with it. That's why for so many women and men, it becomes necessary and valuable to reconnect with these qualities that have been considered feminine from a new place. Also, we've been hiding from the world these qualities for centuries. And I really believe we're in a critical moment where we need to bring those in as a humanity. The other thing I wanna say is that we're undertaking this exploration knowing that this language that has been offered to us, this binary language of heroine, hero, women, men, comes to us from a time where important conversations about gender and gendered language as defining who gets to exist were not as visible as they're becoming today, thankfully. And we're sitting with that question and holding it with a lot of care. How can we go into this journey with the goodness and the bounty of this model, of the heroine's journey, without reinforcing cultural narratives about gender binaries? Can we explore the value provided by expanding the root through these times of disruption without further reinforcing narratives about who's allowed to exist, belong, thrive in our modern world? We invite you to hold those questions with us as we move through this journey with patience and compassion. The heroine's journey specifically invites us to shift from individualism to interdependency, from self-sacrificing to learning to receive, from competition to collaboration, from the obsession of having all the answers to welcoming life as an open question. This podcast will invite you to reflect on where you've been and where you are now, using the journey's frameworks to understand your personal story of transformation from a new perspective. I saw in the heroine's journey not just a path for personal development, but also a path to the societal transformation that so many of us are longing for. I saw in it an invitation to a powerful paradigm shift. And so here I am with all of you, extending my hand to say, come. I've walked some storied terrain, and I will walk it again with you. Something I've noted as I do the work to trust myself enough to go on this journey with all of you is that women so rarely surface our authority or our ground for speaking. I've had so many moments where I've doubted as to whether or not to do this topic, especially since I'm quite new to it. However, I've noticed that my accumulated experience, my direct experience, feels like truth that is worthy to share. And the last phase of the heroine's journey is to share that newly found wisdom, not from a place of academia or accumulated knowledge, but from a place of accumulated direct experience. And it's from that place, from that horizontal relating that I want to explore these topics with you without being an authority. All those and all those saints, they show another way. When I was 36 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. I was at the pinnacle of my professional career. Literally, the day after I got diagnosed, I was facilitating a retreat with the Minister of Education in Costa Rica to bring empathy into the public school system. And I was three days away from traveling to Italy to give a training at the United Nations on nonviolent communication. I was also three months away from my wedding. I spent the next two years of my life navigating my healing journey in a way that I'm pretty proud to call my own, but very much immersed in the mode of turning this into a way to help other people, completely underestimating the amount of change I would still need to go through in my personal life before I could put into words anything that might be of use to others. I was very naive, embodying this notion that all difficulty I faced has gotten me to this point, especially because of mental illness, depression, anxiety, shame, guilt, and now cancer. Literally the first thing I thought when I heard the doctor's words come out of her mouth, I'm embarrassed to say this, (laughs) was, this is going to help me help the world. This is going to further my path. I thought eventually I would think that I'm going to heal myself naturally and show others the way to do that. And at the time, I felt my relationship with my partner was so strong that it would be able not just to endure the illness, but that we would come out of it fortified. Now, four years later, I can say yes to some of those things, but I can truly say I had no idea what would have to die in me in order for me to live. I think if I had known what was awaiting, I would have been less focused on how I could use this journey to help the world, and I would have focused completely on myself. And yet here I am now sharing about this and learning a little bit more about how to do that. The moment I thought things would get easier because I had finished treatment and I ended up surviving cancer, things actually got a lot harder. And that was the beginning of 2022. I was confronted with the possibility of not being a mother. My close cousin that I loved deeply, and that I had been accompanying through illness, didn't make the cancer journey, and passed away at 32. I had a huge scare of metastasis in my brain during a checkup, and I spent our third marriage anniversary getting a magnetic resonance exam instead of celebrating like a normal person and I went through a huge disappointment in a male figure. And also I realized that getting diagnosed with cancer connected me in an unprecedented way to my ancestors. It took me to Vipassana. It led to the rebirth of my female band Passiflora. I reconnected with creativity, I also got diagnosed with dysthymia, a form of depression. The inner expansion I experienced in incredible landscapes that I was able to visit and inhabit in the West Fjords of Iceland and in Patmos, an island in Greece, were incredible. And I also rebirthed Conversale, the organization that I had put on pause so that I could concentrate on healing. I felt like a phoenix that rose from the ashes and reconnected with my inner power and a determination I thought I had lost. I even made a documentary about my healing journey in the middle of the pandemic that unexpectedly ended up winning all of these international awards. This exploration of the heroine's journey has invited me to welcome every way we greet the unexpected as natural and as human, although it's often shaped by narratives we're not even aware we're carrying. It has also invited me to hold with grace and compassion the learnings that come along the way and what becomes possible when we expand those narratives. So that was a lot. Thanks for listening, and I'd like to talk to you now about what you can expect from this first season. Alongside a different special guest in each episode, we will be sharing personal vulnerable stories about key moments in their lives where they were able to resignify crises and moments of transitions into insight and growth you'll notice that no story will be lacking of both pain and celebration, the two inevitable phases of life. During the next four episodes, we're going to dive deep into the four phases of the heroine's journey to really understand its themes, symbols, and meanings. We'll go through phase one to understand the rupture, phase two to go into the descent, phase three, emergence or rebirth, and finally phase four, which talks about the return. Highlights and complementary information to each episode will be provided in my website as well as on social media where each phase will be represented with its own color and symbol so that you can find the information about that particular phase easily. In addition, we'll be going through each of these phases in both English and Spanish with different guests, which will sometimes be women and sometimes be men. So if you speak both languages, all 12 episodes will be different and worth listening to. In the last and final episode, the mic will turn and I'll be interviewed about my own heroine's journey, which, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very much going through at the moment. You'll see how I'm right there with you, diving these deep waters. And we're going to do it together. With each weekly episode, You'll begin noticing how each personal story is weaved into this greater tapestry that we're co creating, the one that allows us to see our individual stories as universal ones and gives us clues on how to start thinking about and especially embodying this new paradigm, a different way of seeing and being in the world. Again, all of this applies to any gender and place you may find yourself on the spectrum. So why do this exploration together? Well, I find that life is full of unanswered questions. And while we love having answers, the truth is they rarely come when we want. Learning how to lean into that uncertainty, understanding that these big questions unravel over time, and as Krista Tippett, the host of the podcast On Being, says, Being loyal to these questions, learning to truly be loyal to these questions and get clear on what they are and trust that they will unravel over time and accompany us in our own process of becoming is extremely fulfilling. These questions will depend on where you are on your personal myth and journey. They might be, how can I build the courage to take that leap of faith? What does surrender mean and how can I embody it? What does being a mother mean to me if I'm not going to be a biological one? How can I resignify a tragic, painful event in my life? What does success mean to me and how can I step towards creating a new life for myself? The heroine's journey map does not guarantee answers, but it can certainly shed light on the path that we have traveled so far and what is yet to come and what our north might be. And one of my lifesavers and greatest joys has been to be able to do this work and ask these questions in community, talking about these universal themes of grief, death, rebirth depression, fulfillment, deconstructing motherhood, radical honesty allows us to create shared reality and helps us name the processes we all share. I hope that this will be a place to create a safe container where we can all feel like we belong. Finally, the changes and qualities that the heroine's journey upholds are the changes we need to generate in the world now, starting with ourselves. There are so many beautiful qualities that this journey helps us to develop. Recognizing our interdependent nature, normalizing death, and understanding it as a part of life. And layers of ourselves that make space for the new changing our relationship to fear so that we can hold uncertainty as a part of life, moving from needing so much external validation to finding that validation within ourselves, embracing stillness, the inward journey, so that we can connect with that strong yet subtle inner voice that holds a different kind of power, that power of inner knowing. My hope is that these stories will help you live through the disruptions and transitions in your life with more consciousness and a greater sense of possibility. That you expand the range of qualities you perceive to have value and choose which qualities you want to embody and when. That you are able to understand deaths and moments of profound change as a necessary shedding of skins that are leading you more and more to your essential core. I hope you view this time as an investment in yourself, your path, a moment to feel belonging, shared reality, and growth. And I hope that you can take these insights not only to your own personal process of understanding yourself, But also to expand these insights into other spheres of influence in your life, whether that's your relationships, your partner, your kids, your work, your community, your children. So the question now is will you show up for the journey? From explorer to explorer, I hope you will. This episode was made possible by Nucleo, a holistic business consulting in service of new social systems. Find more at nucleo.com. Thank you also to the Hotel Belmar. With a vision of regenerative sustainability, it offers elevated hospitality while embracing nature's transformative energy. You can find them on Instagram. Joseph Campbell once said, If you travel far enough, you'll eventually meet yourself. I'd like to add that if we travel deep enough, we can eventually be ourselves. If you'd like more information about each phase, as well as complementary materials, please remember to follow us on social media at The Heroine's Journey Project and also our website ChristineRain.org slash podcast. This episode has original music from singer-songwriter Nick Mulvey and the Costa Rican band Pasiflora, which I'm a part of. Don't forget to tune into our next episode, where we will be diving deep into the first phase of the heroine's journey, the rupture, with herbalist Sarah Wu. See you soon.